0: Oh yeah. Woo, hot. Coming out hot today. Yeah. Are we? Are we hot? The band sounds good today. Do people know that this band is live in studio every day? Do they realize this? I mean, you what can't people. see, it's off camera. Yeah.
1: But there's a lot, there's a full band, it's like Paul Schaefer. But what what is like a CVS
0: generic Paul Schaefer? It's buzzing in my headphones today. They're really, they're really killing it. I love them. <laughs> Is that is that your way of saying it's too loud and you need to turn no, it down? I really, I'm actually, I'm feeling it today. Live from the Vanguard Group's fourth floor smoker's room. Oh, it's good they still have a smoker's room. Wow, they're so, they're so inclusive. It's the ESG Industries' only weekly woke data podcast featuring BS man Matt Muscardi. Yeah! woohoo! Yeah, it's soon that to was be... The, Soon to be a heavily regulated ESG, ESG industry's only weekly woke data podcast. Why am I stuttering so much? I
1: don't think we're going to get regulated. I, I, I'm, I'm highly skeptical that a regulator would listen to this show.
0: In today's eggplant sullen gas call, June 14th, 2023, ultra nerdy ESG headlines, a peek into our alternative democracy... A bunch of dorky regulation news, a courtesy of Matt Muscardi. <laughs> and a word from our sponsor. Yes, our sponsor, who is? Our show today is being sponsored by S-Gage, your yes. ESG data solutions <laughs> provider.
1: S-Gage. S-Gage the only one who has courage enough to sponsor this
0: show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk down to our audience, but I, I really don't like when they start clapping during the plug. But they you know they get excited by S Gage. They are
1: excited. They they don't get to they talk about
0: S Gage every day. It's true. No, you're right. Uh, Paul will be, be stopping by later to talk about increases in total compensation and perquisites. Per- perquisites Ooh, perquisites. Sounds
1: like the start of a really bad <laughs> bar joke.
0: Or a really good bar joke, depending on how Paul phrases it. You ready? It's, yeah, I'm ready.
1: Let's do this thing.
0: Once again, I've amassed a bunch of weird ESG headlines. This is, maybe there's some good, is good stuff bl- in here. I, I can't tell, though. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to watch your face go from moderately excited to, uh, to absolutely comat- comatose in like three minutes. All right.
1: That's correct. It's already happened.
0: First, let's get the big one out of the way. The EU proposes to regulate ESG ratings providers. Here's a quote from a. You're booing. The audience is booing.
1: I guess they don't like regulations. regulations.
0: (laughs) Uh, Here's a quote from European commissioner for financial services. ESG ratings agencies that score companies on governance factors are completely unregulated. So it's very difficult to compare ratings by different agencies. We have no clarity on how these ratings are reached, and there appears to be... Con- conflict of interest. That might be true. The last part that might be, but, for some. but there that is there's true. super there's a super level of clarity. First of all, it's called the you know the methodology that they publish. Yeah, they all publish their methodology reports. Also, uh, what about this part? ESG ratings agencies score companies on governance on governance factors. They're leaving out the the E and the S there. Why?
1: Yeah, no, I don't uh, know what ESG is. The, <laughs> there's an yeah, there is an E and S in ESG. Yeah. yeah. But there's, t- but this is the thing. In my roundup, I'm gonna explain how the they are micromanaging the E and the S somewhere else. Okay. So that that's why they're only talking about governance here. They're just okay. talking about, yeah. It's just a lot of different places.
0: Is that all you have to say about this? You talk. You gonna No, hear. what I have to say about yeah. this
1: is. This is that without a doubt enough.
0: that wasn't enough. Yeah, go ahead.
1: The greatest Ooh. opportunity for board saber metrics in our life. Us,
0: our company, free float. Why?
1: Our company. This is our great why? moment. Here's why we do not create ESG ratings.
0: No, that is true. That's However, it.
1: However, <laughs> we do, yeah, we do. Give you the power and performance of individual directors, mm-hmm. which means we will not be subject to su- this regulatory measure. But you can use us mm-hmm. the way you might have used ESG ratings. Doesn't this mean we just like every European investor should be calling us and being like, "How about you just give us your data so we don't have to use those ratings that are now going to be useless to us?" It sounds like, like
0: we need this- to. Ha- it sounds like we need to hire a sales and marketing team.
1: That would be nice,
0: because I don't think they know about it. Do you know have a plan us. for that? Uh, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, Biogen has taken a step to significantly refresh its board of directors. Uh, this Ooh. includes, I mean, the board. Sabre, the board sabermetrics headline here, Matt, is forty-three percent of the influence at Biogen just walked out the door. Holy moly! Holy, here's that's stepping a lot. Down. Here's who's stepping down. Uh, the chair. Stelios Papadopoulos. Oh, a Greek man. I like Good that. Good name. Uh, and Alex Denner, William Jones, and Richard Mulligan. So four dudes all stepping down from the Biogen board. Susan Langer has been named oh, a new wow. member. Wow. What?
1: What? Wow. That That is the womp womp of Strive Asset Management saying, well, you just decreased the excellence of this wait, board.
0: Wait for it, Matt. This is where the story gets weird. Okay, so Susan Langer is, is, is the only new board member announced. But channel your inner Vivek Ramaswamy, inner Strive Asset Management. Respond to this. Ready? Yeah, okay. Susan Langer, the daughter of uh, the legendary MIT professor and prolific biotech entrepreneur, Bob Langer, is departing director, Alex Denner's romantic partner. What? In fact, yeah. in fact, Denner himself nominated her to the board and, and the board is calling it a, her, her presence a fresh perspective to the board. So what? we've never seen this before. What is happening? The problem here, Vivek's right? The problem here is that she's she's extremely highly qualified. I'm going to tell you this, but it's a very strange moment here in 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 governance wonkiness. No, I'm sorry,
1: uh, I'm like there is qualified, yeah. and then there's you still got the the job, not necessarily on the qualifications, right? Okay,
0: well, t- 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 it never happens that shareholders reject a nominee. Uh, especially a company nominee. I bet you Strive will vote against but, it. But uh, technically, shareholders could vote her down. I mean, they don't have to I, accept this nominee. That's true. But could you just
1: read the quote again?
0: Uh, Langer brings fresh perspective to the board. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but you, you got to at least... I mean, this is a great moment, again, for board symmetry because not only... Does our data show that forty-three percent of the board influence influences left, which means the the whole power structure has been dismantled at BioGen? But that uh, again, this is the first time we've seen a departing director nominate his girlfriend to take over.
1: What? How much influence did he have? Like, how does that even happen?
0: He had ten no, percent.
1: That's not that much. Like that, I wonder, like uh, how he. How he convinces the other board members, like, trust me, my girlfriend is perfect for this game.
0: Well, again, I think it's the, the the. I think what's important here partly is her the, her father the connection to her father, who I guess is a big deal in this industry. Connections, connections. Right, true. She's also the president at Souffle Therapeutics. Uh, she's a founding president of a, of another therapeutics company she uh she has been on the board of a, of another therapy how many therapeutics companies are there the, there's the, a lot the point I, is that she does have relevant experience
1: yeah i'm not a big fan of any any company called souffle therapeutics though <laughs> i just don't know what to make of that
0: this is just an incredible story though uh moving <laughs> this on this is really good let's go let's go to our al- alternative democracy to- toyota shareholders reelect akio toyota to the board. Aww. They also reject a push by some investor groups in the U.S. and Europe over his stance. Uh, uh, oh, no, they, they, they reject that. They also reject a proposal from three European asset managers to make Toyota management reveal more about the automakers lobbying in favor of vehicles that aren't fully battery powered. So the takeaway here is there was a, bu- a big push by activist investors to do something at Toyota, which you don't see a lot of Asian companies, but they lost. Yeah. Big
1: fail. Well, that's not that surprising. Uh, who are the you know like who are the majority shareholders at Toyota? Isn't like half the family voting on this? Yeah, like, and we
0: uh, we don't have those voting results yet. We're gonna see those tomorrow, so we can we can check. So back we
1: to, can be pleasantly bemused by how ridiculous it was in the first place.
0: I just like that uh, you know people are getting a little hot and bothered over there in uh, Japan. I just think it's exciting. Yeah, Japan's it's a another hot market, market for we can activism. sell to. Another market we can yeah. Try it's to sell a hot
1: from. market. We've been asked. We actually we've had a client ask us about. Our Japanese data. I'm ready. It's a hot
0: market. Put me in business class. I'm ready to go. Come on. Send me over. (laughs) You got to go
1: to a business class first. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm ready. How about this? At Salesforce, uh, annual meeting at Salesforce. Here's a new one, Matt. And this one's for you. Another anti-ESG shareholder proposal, this time at Salesforce. This one from the National Center for Public Policy Research, one of your favorites. Yeah, I like them. Here's the proposal. Forbidding company directors from simultaneously sitting on the boards of directors of other companies. I'm actually a little conflicted about this. Yeah, the anti-ESG I mean, movement has gone. I've uh, gone so rogue that they're now the ESG. They're now ESG.
1: The, the, it's we're all the way back, right? Because this is called board interlocks. Yeah, they are essentially saying. Salesforce, we should forbid board interlocks. I don't know why they start with Salesforce. Salesforce is not the I'll most connected board. I'll tell
0: you why. Because Mark Benioff is sort of a liberal poster child.
1: Sure. And that said, yeah, there's that's a why. lot of other that's companies why. with board interlocks. Like, no, it's because
0: <laughs> Mark Benioff is a known supporter of the Democratic Party, DEI efforts and ESG I, I, and, initiatives. I, that's and the why. vast irony. That's that exactly Na- why, Matt. The National Center for Public Policy
1: Research, like their advisors, are like from the Heritage Foundation, which is highly interconnected. With, I mean, basically, if we look at them and their boards, they're all interconnected, right? Like so. The, but it is the G coming full circle. Mm-hmm. Is this just G now? Are we, or is it ESG? What, what is this? Uh, I'm this a little conflicted by this. this feels I'm like G.
0: Uh, let me tell you a quote. From the National Center for Public Policy Research, from the from the actual proposal. Salesforce is not alone in this regard. Nearly yeah, all large corporations are guilty of contributing to the corporate incest problem that's Ooh, plaguing like this. the management of American business. Wow, <laughs> this got oddly I like this. religious though and biblical right. They got a little weird right there. Incest? I mean, did we need it. to well, but did we, we need talked to use about- that metaphor? we
1: talked about incest but board, like board incest all like the time um, back in the day so they also like said this.
0: they said in other words the sharing and swapping of board members between corporations it's very sexual I'm just saying yeah, all of this <laughs> it does feel like a key party I know but this is how the religious right they, how they typically act they're very horny because you know they're very pent up I'm sorry but this is always how it's been this is <laughs> always sure how that, they've acted uh, they In other words, the sharing and swapping of board members between corporations has given rise to, wait for it, Matt, an an elitist... Managerial class. Oh, there it is. Oh, I was that has sway a, over most large companies at the same time. Yeah, there you go. I
1: was wondering when a globalist conspiracy <laughs> theory would happen. Thank God, is in there.
0: The results of this vote, to no one's surprise, are the the in support of this proposal less than one percent. That's 0.5%, oh, oh. 05 percent. Point five. Point percent. Yeah. I wonder how much of this though is the
1: messenger, not the message, because look, our data. We actually have on our platform that's launching mm-hmm. in the next four days. We have on our platform the percentage of directors that are connected to one another, mm-hmm. right? So you can see very quickly how incestuous a board yep. is, and how much swapping is going data, on. You mean how much, well, how much? But we're like we're like a data provider. swapping and sharing. We do like. We do analytics and data providing. The National Center for Public Policy Research talks about globalists and mm-hmm. rings their hands about trans people. Mm-hmm. But if we gave the same data to an investor, do you think that 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 a shareholder proposal built on our data would get point four five percent? I hope in not. support. Well, hopefully, or, we'll find I, out soon. I think we're at point four seven percent at a, at a least, right?
0: Yeah. I mean I I agree that, that there are elements of this they would support but I, but a total uh, the part okay in governance circles the acceptable amount of other boards is what is th- three other boards is that yeah, acceptable three it's three max boards unless you're, you're an executive more, where you're... it's two max boards two yeah that's that's like the best practice the, the part that bothers me here is that I don't know why you would argue against like say you're you're on the board of on Apple and you're also on the board of of, of some related stakeholder that could help it, Apple right could help the bottom line of Apple I mean to f- completely forbid all other boards that just seems a yep. little knee jerk to me that's like they're trying to, that sounds like they're trying to dismantle the cabal of of Jewish business people sucking the Ooh, blood out wow. of Wow uh, right? like, they're getting for very you. <laughs> That's where they get very conspiracy uh, theory. like I agree with you, but yeah.
1: part of the problem with all of the anti-woke is there, I don't know if they went to school where there were only like ones and zeros. like everything was taught in a mm-hmm. pure binary sense, and there was no gray in the world mm-hmm. because it's a dumb proposal to say, Ban total, just
0: completely ban it. Just completely ban it because that right? could affect the bottom line in a negative way. And I actually did a little bit of research into the schools they do go to. They tend with uh, they tend to go to schools in the south. I don't know what that means. They go Ooh. not a lot of northern elitist. College, a lot, of Southern, a lot of Southern education. No, but they're globalists at the end. I mean, I
1: think globalism is like, it's like COVID. You can catch it when, when another globalist sneezes on you.
0: Moving on, in a story that we've been covering all spring, support for ESG shareholder proposals plummets amid GOP backlash. Average backing for rev- for these resolutions has fallen to 22% this year, down from 33% two years ago.
1: I mean, come on. Uh, do we, we're, we're, saying this because of the GOP backlash, yeah. but is it, we don't know. Is it really, I mean, when you look at the real numbers, right, mm-hmm. like there wasn't that much in the way of support for any year prior to last year to begin
0: with, like we were talking, we're not,
1: what are we talking about here?
0: Well, and what this doesn't, I, 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 what I couldn't figure out from this article is that are they including the anti ESG? Proposals Ooh. as ESG proposals, they, those are ah, th- those are getting really destroyed, bad. right? But, getting they, demolished but they, but they are bad. kind of ESG proposals. Most of them are they not?
1: Are they, they they qualify, are, and I would say the national public policy. One of the national both of them, the National yeah. Legal Center yeah. for Public Policy uh-huh. Research, Public mm-hmm. Policy Research Center for Research in Public Policy, whatever it is. There's two orgs yeah. that are anti-woke. They actually are like they rank third and fifth or something for all shareholder proposals of the Fortune 250. Oh, is that right? They're what some of the largest filers this year for shareholder proposals out of everybody, which means if they're including them in here and it says civil rights audit and they just like look at it and say civil rights audit and they say that's an ESG proposal. Yeah, that's they that would be a misleading headline for sure.
0: All right, help me out with this quote. Because speaking of the National Center for Public Policy Research, this is from Scott Shepard, who's the executive director of the Free Enterprise Project at the National Center for Public Policy yeah, Research. Yeah, he's he's something special. <laughs> yeah. Here's the quote, and I want you to help me with this because he's actually responding to the horribly low support they're getting for all these stupid Ooh, he's saying proposals. stuff. Okay, good. But but help me that this is a mouthful, and I don't really understand what his point is. He says. All we are seeking in every effort we're talking we're taking is to get companies back to neutral," he said. So so they are admitting ESG is left wing and partisan by calling us anti-ESG, but we'll take it because the admission itself is pretty huge. I think we can score that as a big win for our team. Matt, What the, <laughs> what, what the hell is he talking about?) <laughs> What uh, help me out there? (laughs) He's saying, What the hell? Yeah,
1: I think he's isn't he saying that because we've been labeled anti ESG, we've won because that proves
0: that ESG is the left wing.
1: I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what he, I'm sh- I think that's, that's a quote in search of a win. Because okay. it would be really hard to say that 0.47% of the vote was a, a win. It's a major somehow. loss.
0: Yeah. And in fact, it's there uh, they're all all these proposals are just getting ridiculed constantly.
1: Look, Scott, here is the real thing that you should, not that I should help you, yeah. but here's no, the him. thing that he you should help. be saying. You should so, be helping like, him. He needs okay, it. Okay, we'll help him. We'll okay. help him. Scott, the thing to say is the people voting on your proposals are all woke. And that's why that proves you getting low votes proves that the system is woke and against you know um, conservative values. That's all you say, right? You don't. The big win is see we prove that the system is full of woke asset managers because they're voting against conservative, you know, uh, the, you you he would call them pragmatic conservative mm-hmm. proposals. Excellent,
0: excellent proposals, right?
1: Here's I the problem work for the National Center for Public Research Policy
0: Research Center Legal. Here's the problem, Scott, is that you've been praying to the altar of shareholders, right? Shareholder value, blah 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 blah. But ninety nine point no, five percent of all shareholders hate you. So you got to honor the voice eventually, right? Like, do we do we believe in the shareholders or not?
1: No, he's he's he's, share, he's praying to Jesus, not
0: shareholders. Oh. Also, Jesus. Scott, I gotta tell you. One of the reasons why they're ridiculing you is not because of their political stance it's because you you repeatedly come with these proposals with absolutely no data to support anything. No criteria, Zero. no methodologies, there's nothing. No,
1: there's no data. We can, can actually no help you out with that if
0: you're listening. I know you're In listening. In fact, yeah. f-
1: for some of the proposals that you've gone, um, and I think this was uh, Disney or... Um, there were a few of them. Mm-hmm. You basically said that people are hiding their board member or their company's affiliations with things. Oh, no, it was uh, it was Hilton or Marriott. They were hiding their affiliation with the World Economic Forum. And you forced the company to respond, we had it in our hotel. Like, we made money on that thing. We, we're just getting people to come stay in our hotel. I'm not sure why this is a shareholder proposal. So... Maybe you need board saber metrics, is what Damien's saying.
0: Oh, are you de- definitely no, not maybe. Yeah. They definitely need it. <laughs> uh, let me wrap up with three quick stories. A lawsuit brought by kids in Montana could determine if the state has a constitutional duty to protect its residents from climate change. The hmm. outcome has the potential to set an important precedent in the fight against climate change. This could, this could be could be something could be something Get brewing around. in Montana.
1: Montana. Does not like. ESG. So this is That's
0: why the, the setting for this uh, lawsuit is so interesting. Uh, the railroads have finally offering paid sick leave uh, and adopting a bunch of labor-friendly policies, uh, such as predictable shifts to help address uh, a bunch of horrible treatment of uh, workers there in the rail. I remember, don't know. That yeah. Sounds a bit woke. Does sound a bit woke. This is coming from Union Pacific, CSX, and Norfolk Southern. And finally... Uh, I had some really big news out of Uber. Uber commits to emissions-free Uber Eats deliveries by 2040. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> How does that even? Work? How can they commit to that when it's not even their employees?
0: Remember now, this I'm is so- o- this is only the Uber Eats deliveries part of Uber, and this yeah, is I'm in so 17 confused. years. <laughs>
1: In 17 years, they're gonna find enough drivers with electric. But vehicles, not
0: all so. the Uber, not all the Uber rides, just the Uber Eats deliveries. just yeah, the, just your tater tots.
1: <laughs> all right, here's what I got. You ready?
0: Oh, always, always.
1: It's not that good. Don't be ready. All right, I gotta. Uh, I, I want to keep this quick because I, I, I honestly bore myself yeah. thinking about it. No, I'm
0: already bored. Go ahead. But
1: the EU's been regulating a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and Ooh, it's really well, hard to get I mean, away with. That's what they do. Not, not talking about. So That's, their, that's um, their jam. Yeah. Damien already mentioned the new proposal to regulate ESG ratings, but mm-hmm. there was another massive drop this week, a oh. long-awaited drop. The Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, or CSRD, Ooh. was published by the EU Commission. The actual the, the draft of the bill was published. This is
0: obviously—I
1: don't want you to confuse this. This gets confusing. I don't want you to confuse this with the European Sustainability Reporting Standards, mm-hmm. or nope. ESRS. I wouldn't do that. Or the prior Corporate Sustainability Due Diligence Directive, which is CSDDD.
0: Oh. Okay. What about the what about the one the fourth born movie? You know there was born supremacy, all those movies. <laughs> Wasn't the no, fourth one called the Born Due Diligence directive. directive?
1: Yeah, due diligence directive, I believe. And don't don't get the there's also SFDR oh. and the EU taxonomy. <laughs> I don't want you to get confused with those things. Okay. No. This was um, an eleven page directive, discussion mm-hmm. directive. Okay with a 247-page annex outlining every conceivable ESG rating data point that's ever been used in excruciating detail. I like this. And it had to be accompanied by a third document that was a 33-page dictionary just for the terms
0: used in the 247-page annex. Wow. I did a word cloud. This sounds sounds like valuable stuff, at least for us, no? Could this be useful to us?
1: Uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean like the, they all they did was summarize everything that's been in CSR and sustainability reports for the last 10 years and okay. they took from you know SasB SASB and they took from the oh. all, all of GRI and they Sounds took riveting. from all these other reporting frameworks and standard whatever sure. mm-hmm. the, but I did a word cloud of the 247 page annex mm-hmm. and the most used um, word, is the word undertaking. Oh. And the most used phrase is, if the undertaking is. Ooh. <laughs> They're already admitting that it. this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is a massive undertaking, and it's ridiculous. Uh, they are... I, I think we've gone beyond micromanaging ESG at this point. Now we're just into, I mean, like, like why don't you just write my
0: report for me, teacher? Because but is this bananas is this part of the push to regulate the issue ratings industry or is this separate
1: this is separate this is this is the push to this is at the corporate end to 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 regulate what corporations have to disclose or what's voluntary, what's not voluntary, but and then, what form okay. that disclosure should take.
0: But then the, this eventually will feed into how they regulate. This the eventually industry,
1: right? feeds into the ratings. Yeah. So eventually. now the ratings probably, if this passes as drafted and it's slated to go to vote, I think at the end of June, um, then the ratings ostensibly are supposed to only use this standardized data to j- create their ratings. Right. I, that's. Sort of what's happening, okay. But meanwhile, in the United States, in <laughs> yeah. case you didn't think it was confusing enough, because if you're a company or an asset manager mm-hmm. now you're, and you're multinational, you're dealing with this. Meanwhile, in the U.S., Ted Cruz oh no, just put forth a um uh, he he nominated to the Senate a bill that already got nominated in the House called sure. the Stop ESG and the TSP or Thrift Savings Plan Bill,
0: okay. Very it, specific,
1: it has, yeah, it's very specific. The Thrift Savings Plan is the plan for all federal employees in the US. And it is, I want to give Ted Cruz credit. Yeah. Okay. For once. Um, because, oh, we don't like Ted Cruz giving Ted Cruz credit? No. Um, because this is the cleverest anti ESG bill I've ever seen.
0: Well, he went to Harvard, so he's a very clever man.
1: The bill is one paragraph long. Oh. It is an addendum to an existing code. Mm -hmm. The code, it's part five US code 8438, like describing how the Thrift Savings Plan is executing Mm -hmm. effectively their their, uh, proxy voting. It says, currently, it says, quote, the board, other government agencies, the executive director, an employee, a member, a former employee, or a former member may not exercise voting rights associated with the ownership securities by the Thrift Savings Plan. So they tried to get rid of conflict of interest. Okay. By saying like if you manage the thrift savings plan because you're a federal employee, you can't vote on the proxies because there's too much conflict, right? I don't, you could be uh, yeah. I'm not sure I understand working... that, but okay. Well, it's basically like your government, you can't tell the companies what to do cuz you're a government employee. Got it. Like they don't they don't want that conflict. Got it. Cruz has suggested an amendment that adds one, it's like five words. Mm-hmm. He wants to add to that list of people that cannot vote on the proxies, quote, a qualified professional asset manager.
0: What? So like BlackRock? Is that yes. yes. Cruz's anti-ESG
1: proposal is to change the thrift savings plan so that now no longer asset managers can vote on the proxies in the thrift savings plan that is his that well, doesn't is that sort of amendment.
0: run counter to the whole point of of shareholdings that you that is correct. being yes. it being having the ability to exercise your vote
1: he basically said the federal government is no longer to have any of the rights of a capitalist system where who he does he think the
0: federal government is made up just of all of george sorris's children
1: <laughs> he had a lot of children didn't he? yeah but okay I, I, <laughs> um, this is this is just
0: I I don't even uh, uh, okay.
1: At the same time, yeah. This week, Bernie Sanders, Uh-oh. on the other side, sent yeah. a letter to his richer, older, whiter doppelganger, Warren Buffett. Yeah. Asking how insurers can justify underwriting insurance contracts to oil and gas okay.
0: anymore? Good question.
1: And now I'm really hoping to set up for Bernie Sanders, oh, Warren Ber- Buffett, hearing. Bernie
0: v. Bernie v. Buffett. <laughs> that,
1: that would be the greatest hearing yeah. in the history of hearings. Two
0: of our favorite uh, populist blowhards from both. Well, well I wouldn't <laughs> say that. I mean, I, I don't. I think Buffett actually probably agrees with a bunch of stuff that Bernie says, but not obviously not no. completely. I don't some, think of so stuff, some of the stuff. Some of the. I don't think so at all. Well, Warren no. is committed to giving back. His he's isn't he given the billionaire's pledge? Isn't he gonna give yeah, all of his money back? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's his pledge or something. Right, but again, he's not. But he's not going
0: to get. But Bernie wants to tax. Would would prefer to tax that so the government decides how to spend it. Whereas Warren's going to decide how to spend it on his own. Right? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, that's I the think difference. So.
1: Warren's asked for higher taxes, but he also right. doesn't want unions or anybody to tell his companies what to do. No, Bernie and he wants to invest that, in so. oil and Coca Cola. But can you imagine Bernie Sanders in his blustery way, like yes. sitting? at the, I would love that. Saying like, Mister Buffett, yeah. I want to know. What you're doing about oil and gas underwriting? Yes wow. or no? Like, and then Warren Buffett being like uh, folksy, like, "Well, you know, back in Oklahoma yeah. Lisa, or Nebraska, we don't have say, a
0: lot of Jews in Nebraska." <laughs> Bernie, <laughs> no, I
1: mean, like, what is it? It's going to be like the greatest. Yeah, that could be the greatest. And then finally, I want to wrap up with this because if you're not confused enough, I did a quick anti woke um, uh, ca- uh, ranking uh, uh, for shareholder proposals.
0: Okay. What does that mean? I looked
1: at the Proxy Monitor, which is a great mm-hmm. resource. Go look at it. If you don't have access to data, it's free. Uh, proxy Monitor uh, does the proponents of uh, proxy yep. shareholder proposals. The people, who,
0: the people who bring the proposals to vote, yeah.
1: Everyone who br- brought it to a vote, and it shows you the, the outcomes. Okay. So the end of proxy season is effectively it's wrapping up right now, so we got a good sense of uh-huh. who's winning. And the Ooh, I like biggest, this. I like this. The biggest winner of proxy season so far for proposals that are not board, propo- like uh, director proposals, is management.
0: Oh, shocker!
1: Ninety-three <laughs> percent median. That's the median wow. um, vote for a management. Proposal. So there's
0: not. So there's not a left wing cabal. Uh, They're destroying be corporate America. No
1: cabal. Okay. Um, the next next highest, the highest like non-management, um, is John Chivetin. Nice, yeah, thirty-two percent median vote. They're almost thirty-three well, percent. He
0: puts up some very typically uh, c- governance, all very. G-
1: it's all governance, yeah. It's yeah, all so like, it's
0: not really polarizing stuff. Most of it is com- pretty much common sense these days. Yeah, it's majority voting and CEO chair separation. Doesn't surprise and
1: like that. But third yeah. on the list, yes. Are the nuns? Yes.
0: Yes. The, the sisters of St. Francis. Okay, St. Francis. Of Saint yeah. Francis. They're a little. They're a little region. shrewder over at St. Francis.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. It's showing. They drink right? a
0: little bit more coffee over there, so they're really on top of it.
1: At the bottom of the list, and oh, this no. is only proponents with oh, no. at least five shareholder proposals at the Fortune 250. Oh no. Okay. At the very bottom of the list, at a stellar median of 1.5 percent. Oh no the National Center for Public Policy Research. Oh, there you go. And We just talked about them. Just above them, at second to last, the National Legal and Policy Center at 7%. Uh,
0: Look, I actually actually do hope they're listening and they do use our data because I bet we could get that number up next year if you actually use relevant data for your... How dare you. Yeah, to support your bullshit. Yeah.
1: Uh, the in case you were wondering, the top proposals for support this year, uh-huh. lest you think they are just racial equity audits and trans like um, tuck bathing suits, yeah, um, and you know, gay pride parades. Yeah, the top vote getting mm-hmm. was say on pay. Ninety three percent median say on pay. So, so
0: Yeah, so there's just a complete rubber stamp yes to all pay proposals, despite so what when, Paul's about to talk about coming up. When we're yeah.
1: talking about wokeism in corporate mm-hmm. America, we're talking about 93% median vote for say on pay. That's what we're talking about. And the uh, next two are simple ma- majority voting at 51%. Mm-hmm. People like to have majority votes. It's mm-hmm. democracy. I like that.
0: And I like how it's and I like how the simple majority voting got just the majority of the vote. 50 just point seven. <laughs> 50 point seven. It almost seemed yeah. like a setup, that one, yeah.
1: And then special meetings Ooh. got thirty-six oh. percent. Who doesn't love changing, a special meeting? Yeah. Changing how you can call special meetings. Last on this list mm-hmm. are the wokest of all woke socioeconomic system risks.
0: Oh yeah. Systemic Meaning risks like, are sound very woke to me.
1: And in case you were really concerned about wokeness, human rights came in at 9.9% median, animal rights 7.3% median, uh, civil rights 2.2% oh. median. Yeah. Climate 13% median. Uh, remind me when corporate america got woke again. When when, when was that? Cuz
0: well, According we can trace it back s- somehow to Larry Fink, right? That's where this started. I guess it was when he mistakenly suggested that uh, the, the climate change is real. Is that where this stem is? Go- is that where it goes back to?
1: Yeah, I believe that's correct. Okay, um, That's all I got. Let's go. Now we got Paul, right? We gonna- Paul's going to say some yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, let's
0: end the show with the great Paul Hodgson from S-Gage here to talk about... he will let him tell
2: you.
1: Yeah, Paul. It's not my um, job. Paul, you're on the line.
2: So as promised is Paul Hodgson of SKH Statistic of the Week to talk to you today about total compensation increases and increases in pay. those perquisites. So the we're looking at the table here since 2011 when uh, average total compensation was $9,479,000 for CEOs in the S&P 500, a uh, median value, sorry. It's risen almost every year since then. Uh, There was a drop back in 2018 and another small drop in 2019, though not below that 2011 value. Um, It dropped from 11,512,000 back down to just under 10 million in 2018. But then it started to climb again in 2019, 20, 21, 22 And while there is, at the moment, a small drop in median value in 2023 from 11,854,000 down to 11,763,000, we're still in early days in terms of data collection Uh, at the moment. Well, not early days, but we're not a full data collection. At the moment. So we're I'm not really expecting it to go down very much. Uh, that's a drop of negative 0.8 percent. So not a great deal. It's probably going to catch up at least to the 2022 figures. So that's fiscal 21 and fiscal 22. We're talking about here the change. Um, so just to just to kind of give you that demonstration that size actually does matter. Oh, I'm going to add in the Russell 3000 to that data set to see what happens, what the comparison is between the Russell 3000 and the S&P 500. So the S&P 500, as we we noted, is $11,763,000 for a median value for CEO total compensation. It's less than half of that in the Russell 3000. It's $5,312,000 for CEOs in the Russell 3000. So as you can see, the, the s and 500 is, is certainly keeping pace with or it, it it's exceeding its colleagues in the Russell 3000 and those mid, mid-camp companies by a considerable amount. So let's have a look at increases in perks and other compensation. So we'll just look at the S&P 500 again for this. So just looking at the values at the moment, the median values for perks. So in 2011, it was... Uh, median of one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars for each CEO, and uh, it that's risen pretty substantially into twenty twenty-three of two hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars. So that's an increase. That's an increase of well, actually, it's an increase of eighty percent between fiscal twenty-one and fiscal twenty-two, which is a pretty substantial increase. This is a kind of statistic that makes you want to look behind the. Aggregate data and try and find out what's driving that, because there's clearly a uh, a group of CEOs whose increases in uh, their perks were pretty substantial. Otherwise, you wouldn't be getting an average increase of eighty uh, percent between the last two years. I mean, is it is it an increase in the Amazon CEO's security detail, or is it is it an increase in the Meta CEO's that's, security detail? A lot of security. Whatever it is, it's pretty substantial. So maybe maybe I'll dig a little deeper for next week and find out where that might have happened so this is Paul Hodgson signing off with S. Gauge Statistic of the Week I gotta say
0: yeah. that's
1: a lot of security yeah I mean if, if that's all an 80%
0: increase in security detail that's why he's talking about it Matt I know, that's a lot
1: um, I want to end with one thing. The latest yep. GOP polling oh. in the United States had Vivek Ramaswamy at a solid 2.9%, but he still got a chance because the fourth most important, according to a new YouGov poll, yep. fourth most important issue to GOP voters this year. Ninety percent want a plan to lower inflation. That's the first. The fourth was limit transgender rights. Wow, that was The most the transgender people make up like one percent of the U.S. population. Better limit is it their it that rights. high? You it's sure, it's that high. Yeah, it's wow. it's nuts. Is what it is. It's nuts. That's Damian Rawls, big special thanks to S Gauge, our sponsor, our sponsor forever. And forever. <laughs> <laughs> they just—they're—they're they're they're perpetual sponsor. Yeah. If you like this, come back tomorrow when we do a game show of some kind. I don't even know what we're some doing, sort. but we're gonna do it. Until then.